episode of Bounce Pod. My name is Alfred Collard, as you already know. This is our third or fourth episode of the program already. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have had, you know, fun and a lot of things to deliberate and talk upon. And as you already know, I'm here with my co-analyst and <laughs> co-presenter, Mr. Eiffel. Um, Eiffel, welcome on the program again yeah. this week. Good day guys. I hope you guys are alright and I hope you guys had a very lovely weekend. Back to be on the show. If um, we don't have so much time to waste today, you know, we need to make it as brief and as you know concise as possible. So Sir. we are going to be um, talking first of all about AC Milan's Type 2 charge. Um, they are already in March day 29, if I'm not mistaken. And um, um, they are Three or they are they on 60, 63 points already. Yeah, yeah, for the season yeah. and Inter Milan has fifty eight points. Yeah, and sure. Napoli are you know on sixty points for the season already. But um, Inter Milan has two games in hand. Yeah, that's right. And um, Napoli won, AC Milan won against Empoli this weekend already. Um, what do you think about the title charge in? Italy presently, and who do you think we match favorites? Who do you think we match champions at the end of the series? Because it's beginning to heat up seriously, and we don't know what will happen, we don't know where it can end. What do you think? If I tell me quickly, who do you think the serial champions at the end of the season will be? Well, <laughs> just like last week, I could not really put my, my hand around just picking a proper team that is going to like an outright winner for the league because. Hmm. The gap between the teams are not really wide compared to, let's say, the Bundesliga when Bayern there is more like clear for them. Or like, the French league on. Yeah, yeah, it's very much clear that PSG are most likely going to win it. To but win. then Inter Milan with two games in hand, if they win, they are, uh, win the both games in hand, they can just leapfrog AC Milan and go top of the league. Table, yeah? yeah, but then looking at the fixtures, even looking at the fixtures, I honestly still can't tell like this is the team that is going to win. So, if do you think this is year that AC Milan finally breaks their drought? It's actually going to be very, very interesting to watch because man, it has been like ages since the last one in the league. Do you, I, can, I, what, I don't even remember the last time. What, what do you think the celebration in Milan will be? Nah, like it's going to it's going to be wild. Where they the final the It's going to be wild. equally Napoli winning this is going to be very wild because. It's been a long time. No, for you, it's like the one it's before the death of Jesus Christ. For the Christ. first time in years, if a Juventus is not really in the running yeah, yeah, like, for winning the league. Yeah, it's and very, it's very interesting. Yeah, very interesting to watch because the difference we've always been we've been clamoring for the for the change. I like mean, Italy, Juventus, they've had a strong goal on the league, and it's been looking I mean, like I, I think the one is seven seven years in a row. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That that was a record in in Europe. At the time, apart from in, um, the Bundesliga. Bundesliga. Yeah. Man, it's, it's, it, will, it will be a wild time at the end of it's, the season. It's going to be interesting sure. to watch. Um, if I quickly, let's move on. Manchester United versus Spurs. It was a very interesting game yeah. on Saturday. And um, Cristiano Ronaldo. The man <laughs> who always makes it very, The man that he called finish <laughs> a week ago. If I, he heard your comments and I'm, and I'm sure he came to tell you, if I, I am not finished. What do you think of the game overall? And, Tactically, you know, generally, what did you think of that game? <laughs> I know, I know, you, I know, you have a lot to say, but just, just take them one at a time. Well, 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 well. So it was, it was an interesting game. 
I'm not going to look into the much tactical because there's nothing really too tactical about games. I don't see much, let me say, just interesting or intriguing tactics behind my United's games mm. these days because mm. Rav is not really putting much effort into changing the whole setup. Into the you know, tactical Yeah, because a new manager is going to come in two months from time. And it's not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not seeing the changes from right from when Sosia was so, in charge. Okay, if, I, if I'm getting you right now, do you think... The same system that Olegon Asolsha was playing is the same, is, is almost not as different as from what Rafa Angik is playing presently. Was there any, I, I can't really place my, my hand around Sozia having any tactical game or so, like. So you're saying, nah. that means you're saying Rafa Angik doesn't have any tactical No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm not outrightly saying that, but I'm not yeah. seeing much difference, difference from the way the team play. They don't put in much effort into. Winning tackles, having intelligence movements, from playing out from the back. The team is way like. If I was the think of the Manchester United versus Spurs game, it was it was an interesting game because actually I could say from looking at the game, yeah, Conte had this. There's this clear view about his game, playing out from the back, dominating the game. They're yeah, picking out pockets between our defensive lines. Yeah. You could they see he was the more, much more practical manager. They did that quite a bit in the game. Yeah, you know, and it's on Saturday. It was very, very, very. It was effective. It, very they effective. should have scored a lot of goals from that. But you know, I mean, I think United just had the call of football on their side on Saturday. What do you think? I'm, 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 I'm honestly, I'm curious to hear what you think. God of football. God of football. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything about that. But. I'm, I'm, I, I, yesterday, I paid my, on Saturday, I paid my homage to Ronaldo's influence in the team, like the results. In last, was, last episode of this show, you called Ronaldo finished, and I'm sure people can go back to listen, that you called Ronaldo finished. I what did. What do you have to say? I did. The, the way I am, I, I, call, I, call, I call out people's flows. When I watch games, I'm not, you, you can't expect me but to be biased about the team I've been supporting for over you, 12 years. Do you now. agree that you're a bit emotional about, about the comments you passed last week? Probably I, I was. Uh, okay, Probably okay, I was. Okay, very but good. Very good. His performances from yesterday, they were very much different from what G- we've been experiencing. Genius of a performance. It was, it was very much okay. He took his chances very well. Very well. And even Laurie swatted him twice. He could have scored five goals yesterday because yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was very, very, very like... His influence in the game in the game yesterday, you could tell it's like Dan now. This is this is the Ronaldo we know. Like the Ronaldo we we, we are used to. Do you think Manchester United deserved the win yesterday? Of course, definitely. Or we are the better side. Or it was, or it was in creating chances, we created better chances. Ronaldo's brilliance. Of course, yeah, yeah, you can put it that way. It was Ronaldo's brilliance. We won with his trick. And yeah, you can you can place everything rightly on him. And you told Ronaldo, um, Manchester United deserve to win yes. Of course, of quickly, course. Quickly moving on, if, um, what did you think about Jadon Sancho? Quickly, quickly. A lot, Sancho. I saw a lot of tweets praising him. And mind you, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, waste of eighty over eighty million on a Bundesliga flop, a Bundesliga tax." Various tweets flying around, but now everyone seems to be coming around and. Everyone seems to be praising him. What do you, what did you think of his performance yesterday and over the past few weeks? Yeah, his performances have been solid. Like what I feel is when he joined the team after having this long break, cause he had to join the team on the late yeah period. Yeah, yeah. It, I think he got way too relaxed. You can see he gained weight when he joined the team. When he joined up with the team, yeah. 
even the stomach, people could could tell like the difference. The stomach was yeah, sort of like yeah, from the pictures, from, yeah. pictures that you saw. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then I think he has gotten to adjust with his environment. And, and, and team has adapted to him. Yeah, also. exactly, exactly. They are playing on his wavelength now. Hmm. Compared to when he's going to be on the ball waiting for a player to make a, to make an overlapping yeah. run or yeah. an underlapping yeah. run and them not just being on the same wavelength with him. But now I think they are just on the same wavelength and he's starting to show his brilliance and we are not even getting to see, we've not seen half his best yet. Well, was five, five goal involvements in the last six, I must say that is brilliant. It is brilliant, but then I believe when we eventually get, and hopefully we get a manager. This, this is not even the best of him. Is of that what you're saying? Nah, we 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 pass from being his best. I, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can't wait to see the best of Jadon Sancho. Um, if I quickly, let's, let's, we've talked about um, Cristiano Ronaldo's hat-trick. Um, let's talk about the records that he broke with you know this particular actually that is called on Saturday against Tottenham Hotspur. Um they are one of his favourite opponents in English football and with that he moved past Joseph Bican as the highest goal scorer in professional football ever with eight hundred and seven goals. If I tell me this is not magnificent. Of course it is it is incredible. It is a feat like nah you have to just pay the homage and give him his flowers now. If, if, if is, I, is, this man, is this man a machine? Is, is, he, a machine? You know is he a machine? A machine. Yeah, because yeah, for someone to rack up 807 goals, not even the great Pele. A lot of people were saying, you know, Brazilian Federation will come up with another. Yeah, yeah like he's got 1,220 goals. For Pele to just pass Ronaldo again, but you know, that's all. But this goes, we're not recorded. That's all banter, but you know, what? Ronaldo is just magnificent. Of course, he is. He I is. mean, um, we should give him his flowers. Like, I've, I've, I've been in my right. emotions because his contributions to the, in the team has just kind of depreciated. Mm. You get mm. to talk about it, mm. but then talking about Ronaldo from his time at Man United, at Real Madrid, the mm. feat he achieved at Real Madrid was, of course, was as of this world. Of then then joining, yeah, joining Juventus then, he was still carrying the team then, he was 33, 34, 35 then, and he was still carrying the team then, the whole, the whole ladies, old ladies, he was carrying the team then, dragging them to titles then. I think he won two leagues, two league titles, won, two or was it one? He won one league title in, in Italy. And he won, he won but I'm, I'm very sure he won. He won Italia, he won yeah. two of them. But then being able to carry them to the league then, and they've not been able to see since he left now. He left just this season, and they've, they've not been much yeah, of... It's an incredible... They miss his goals. Of course. And if I quickly, let's move on to the usual fixtures that just took off in the past week. Um, Bayern thrashed Salzburg 7-1. A lot of people were thinking Salzburg were going to put a surprise kind of package. And I remember you telling me the previous week that nah, it wasn't possible that Bayern were going to come out on top of that of game. Of course, they would. Because they, 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 they were going to play at Alliance Arena. And you know, when they play at their home stadium, there's this confidence, much more expression they bring into their games. Mm, mm, there's this mm. wickedness. <laughs> I'm not sure. That should be the right You yeah. can call it that it's allowed on the program. Because when they attack players, the way they... Keep on creating chances, chances rather. There's this bit of wicked wickedness in this. Like, like let's, we are going to make a statement. Like they don't this. want to score. Stop scoring. It's yeah, ridiculous. Like, when they go out, keep scoring. They just want to make a statement out of out of this game. And like, mm-hmm. no, let's pass out this 
this info like this information that yes, we are, we are now to be feared. Yeah, yeah we want, exactly. We exactly don't want what I'm trying to say. Exactly what I'm trying to say. And that's phenomenal. Um, let's talk about the Real Madrid and PSG game quickly. Um, Karim Benzema, he pulled up clutch, scored an trick in the game. Um, what did you think of that game generally? I know you have a lot to say on Mauricio Pochettino in fact, but please no. be as calm as possible. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say much on him. I've like I've been trying to reframe myself from just talking about Pochettino. But then the game was very much tactical. The first half was it was in PSG's favor. Yeah, favor. Yeah, going to Europe on the tie, but then. Coming the second half, then when the second half started, they were even in control of the game. But then Ancelotti making this change, change bring they're taking Cruz, yeah, bring Kamavinga on, yeah. and Cruz got the like the freedom to push further upwards, and Kamavinga's ability to cover too many grounds because mm. he, he was everywhere when he came on. Mm. He was in the defensive, defensive phase of the game, mm. shielding the back line mm. and progressing the play. It's even gave, switching, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a master stroke for you, and mm. it was one of the reasons why they got to win the game because Cruz was no, uh, sorry, Modric was not, he, he no longer had too much liability to build up play from the back, so it was much more reliant on Kamavinga, and he's very good on the ball, very he helped them win the game, yeah, yeah, and, of the yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. And you, you thought you did you think PSG deserved that win? Do you think Madrid deserved that? They win? They deserved it. They were the better side. They were the better side. Better they side. In the second half, no, no, no. Of course, the PSG were the better side over the two legs. But the, the later stage of the game, in the second half, Real Madrid. The first, game, the first goal, Donnarumma fluffing his lines like mm. it was. It took too much time on the ball, releasing the ball. If yeah. I quickly, do you think there's a mentality problem there? Because. The um Jalaji Donnarumma made a mistake and suddenly they the collapsed. Game, the game just we just got blown out of the water. They just lost their way and it just become you know sort of an open contest. Um, do you think there's a mentality problem in that team? And did you think that loss was down to the players or down to Carlo Ancelotti or down to the whole crew as a whole? Well, I can uh, you can put it as being down to the mentality they've had over the years. Because mm. right from time when Unai Henry was there, mm. the ball would, uh, was it a three or, three or four goal lead against yeah, they did. They did Barcelona, Barcelona yeah. when Enrique was still in yeah, charge there? Yeah, and then moving on to when Tuku was there, they mm. lost the final, and now Pochettino. Mm. I think something has to just give. Because this UEFA Champions League chase they've had over the years now. Um, I I think it's not down to the manager. I, I might Pochettino might, might not be my favorite manager of all. Hmm. Like, hmm. but then hmm. you have to be realistic. We, can, we cannot be biased on this problem. We have to be podcast. we have to be realistic because yeah. something has to change. Possibly the way they approach their managerial appointments. Hmm. Well, did, what about the DNA of the club as a whole? Even the DNA of the, of the club has to be hmm. questioned. Hmm. What what was this man's name? I I forgot the role he holds at, at the club. Leonardo is it the yeah, sporting director? Is there a sporting director? Possibly they have to get get rid of, no, the, of him because the team has own, not been successful. What about their owner, Nasir Khalifi? Is he not the owner of the club? Yeah, Nasir is the owner of the club. What what do you, what do you think? And can you just sell that club as you? No, you can't tell him to sell the club. He's he investing in the club. He invests invest a lot in the club. Mm. But then Leonardo talking about the sporting director. He has to. He has to take responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You, you just can't keep keep firing managers because they've been 
Mm. They've not been coming out of yeah, expectation. But the player look at looking at the team, the, the team is task like filled with too much talent. Honestly, from Donnarumma down to the back line, Mendes, Akimi, Kimpembe, Marquinhos, best ball playing defenders in the country here in the world. Look at Verratti, yeah, man. But then they still end up feeling like. Coming do, like, do, do you think Kylian Mbappe will leave at the end of the season? I think he's going to. I think he's going to leave. Okay, if I let's quickly move on to you know other things. Um, during the week, it came out that Chelsea's accounts were frozen and they couldn't even buy fuel into the team's bus to take them to away games or the games they wanted to go to. Um, if I now I think things are resolving itself a little bit and. They are. They can now. They have. Give, they have been given the green light to go ahead and sell the club. Um, if I, what do you think about Chelsea's situation generally? They have been dropped by three UK as their, you know, shirts as their sponsor. Um, Nike is already thinking of withdrawing their kids dealership away from away from them. Um, what do, What do you think is going to happen at Chelsea Football Club? Can do you think they will go into administration? Do you think they would? You know, need to make a few changes around. Do you think they will just collapse as a as an institution? If I quickly give me yes, a after the news came out that they have been given the green light to sell the club, I, I I don't think they will be having any much more issues, mm. except mm. they don't get to sell the team on time, because mm. the the whole crisis they are in currently it is still on. But the only way they are going to get out of it is when this eventually sells the, the club. Owners. Yeah, when they change owners, mm. that's it. So for now. They are still, they are not they are not in the clear yet mm-hmm. and it's going to be very 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 problematic for them they won't get to i don't i, I don't know how they are going to be able to pay the players, the players and their staff yeah because majority of their incomes have been blocked mm-hmm. they don't they, they are unable to sell tickets shirt sales yes the shirt sales is very much shop. important yeah very much mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. incomes the sponsors you know sponsor, sorry sponsorships they are pulling out they have to sell the club as soon as possible mm. for them to be in the clear. Mm. Mm. That's, that's what I think. Um, if, um, do you do you think that this whole thing um, would would do you think players will if this doesn't get resolved, you know, as you said, do you think players will start to pull out, you know, leave to other clubs? Antonio Rudiger is still negotiating a new contract. Thiago Silva, Matikovic. Do you think these players will begin to find greener pastures? Of course. I, players don't really have much more loyalty in the game, like compared to back in the days, like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. early 2000s. Mm-hmm. They, they are going to eventually have to find a greener green pasture where they can play and hand proper, yeah, yeah, hand living. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, over the weekend, the games that have been played, especially the game against um, the game that took place between Tottenham Hotspur and Manchester United. There were two decisions that you know that were subject to the review of the video assistant referee, and um, that was the handball by Eridaya and the handball by Alex Telles. These decisions, almost the same, you know, events, different calls. What do you think can be done to make sure that the proper calls? Are made in the English Premier because honestly, it's becomes it's becoming so absurd, you know, to the extent that people are starting to complain. Players are starting to see through 
see through the fact that you know this race maybe maybe are a bit too incompetent and commentators you know it really annoys me that commentators keep trying to say things to justify these decisions if uh, what do you think has to give in this particular situation should this race be punished should the entire rules be reviewed we don't even know the rules anymore offside rules um penalt rules for penalty rules for a red card to be given we don't even know anything it's just Definitely. it's just like they just think with their instincts and just go you know what i'm not gonna give this you know what i'm gonna give this what do you think if what do you think generally about that, this that's actually it's, it's been for for a while now i just believe they've been working on in instincts because the rules obvious to a layman these days they no longer apply to majority of the calls these referees make and the VAR, like the video assistance referees, the ones the calls they make these days, mm. it no longer makes any sense because talking about the game between Man United and Tottenham Hotspurs, yeah, Eric Dyer, a strike from Ronaldo, Eric Dyer's hand was, um, was stretched and it blocked the shot on target. Mm. And then Alex Telles's handball incidents. It was a cross across mm -hmm. goal from Ilya Kulusevsky. But I don't I don't I don't even know what what would they go by these days. And there was there was an incident between Brighton's goalkeeper and Luis Diaz of Liverpool. The stretch leg where it took Diaz out. out yeah. It's also have been a sending off for for Rob Sanchez. It, it, honestly, have to you had to have been, but then it was it wasn't even booked for it at all. But if I did, don't you think um it, the obstruction wasn't it wasn't maybe to the referees it wasn't considered you know too endangering to the player. It was endangering. It took him out. They had to attend to him for two three minutes. Play was stopped for three to four minutes before he eventually got on. He got back on his feet. So and you Robert Sanchez. He also have been saying. He also have been giving his walking. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Honestly, mm. but then. I think it all lies down to the FA because over the years, when managers and players, when they talk about these referees and their calls, the FA is, they are always quick to like covering to you. Yeah, they, they are, yeah, exactly. That's the word. Cover quick, up. yeah, to defend their yeah. referees. So it has not been effective for the managers to and, and them you know, out. This happens in England quite a lot. Which why why don't we see so much of these situations in Spain, in Italy, mm. in Germany? in the Netherlands. Why don't you see so much of this situation in other countries? That's what I'm trying to say. It's down to the FA because I watch a lot of the a lot of games from the other matches from the other leagues rather. But I don't notice these stuff then. And it's always down to this what's called it's always down to these referees. Like I think they, they don't they don't have this fear instilled in them like this fear of it's like, I've been, a, it's like there's a monopoly of power in there exactly is that good I'm not, I'm not sure but they, they don't have this aftermath like they can fear. take a decision they, yeah yeah and just get away with it mm. they can mm. get away with mm. it and they, they are not in check then like, what i think can be done is dfa punishing them there was an incident that happened years ago when a referee was demoted to the championship mm -hmm. but i think something like that should be brought back when Cause when a referee, well, they, they should be stopped from refereeing games for a while if if such decisions are made. I think that that, that that's going to keep them on their feet, get them to making the proper calls. Cause these days we don't even know what the rules are again. Cause you can just think you are you can think you are enlightened about about the, about the rules, the, the rules and, you know, governing the game. But then because because um the game against again I'll pay reference to the game um the Carabao Cup final between Liverpool and. Chelsea. Yeah. 
um, I definitely thought that Romeo Lukaku was on was clearly on side. You know, clearly, the decision just came out. To the, it didn't even take voice. like a long time at all, and they declared the, that it was an offside rule. Without any rule guiding it. I mean, we don't they know didn't even show us what was happening. They didn't draw a line. Nothing. Nothing. They just yeah. brought out. So I mean, don't. It's isn't it? Don't you think that this this. The FA should take more responsibility. They have to. They have to. And they should do something like that. They definitely have to. They have to. If um well if you know we're moving about on to a new segment of the show where we discuss tactics where we discuss formations and today we'll be talking about the role of a register in the game of football in a team. Um, if who is a register? Yeah, a register is. Categorized under a defensive midfield role, mm, mm. a player where you have to receive the beyond the ball majority of the time, dictating teams mm. play. Like him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jorginho is a mm. is a clear example mm. where you have to be a link, a bridge between the defense and attack, mm. looking to dictate mm. play, mm. creating chances, Controlling yeah, but the, the tempo of the game, yeah, mm. yeah, that's so that's very much the role um, of the register. Between a traditional defensive midfielder that we know. The likes of um, Claude Makalele, um, Zio Roberto, um, other defensive midfielders, Casemiro, um, Sergio Busquets. The other, is Sergio Busquets a register? If he is. Busquets, mm. he is. Mm. He is. Expl- explain, explain for the please. Because he's them. always dictating plays, always on the ball, looking to be the bridge between the defense. Mm-hmm. When you pass the ball from, you got, they have a ball, a sweeper. If, if, if a confusing question that I have. Can you be a normal defensive, a traditional defensive midfielder, and a register at the same time? No, I don't. I, I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. Explain. Well, let me give an example. Someone like Nemanja Matic. Hmm. You can't consider him as a register. Hmm. You can't consider him. Maybe in his younger days. Hmm. No, really, I've not really seen much of it, of being a register because it's not always on the ball compared to when. You watch a game like between you Chelsea's game mm. or maybe a Barcelona's game, mm. you get to see Busquets calling for the ball. But it's always the bridge between. If I'm sorry to cut you short, but Sergio Busquets does a lot of um, disruptive play, which is the traditional job. Yeah, it's of part of, it's, of it is part of it is part of the game. But then mm. being being able to express themselves on the ball, creating this bridge between the defense and attack. Controlling the tempo of the game, that's like majorly the. If so, you're saying you cannot, the, the be, you cannot be a register and a traditional defensive midfielder. You can be. Okay. It is, it is a special attribute majority of the defenders, the, sorry, the defensive midfielders these days don't have. Hmm. Majority of them are just. But it is possible. It is po- Of course, it hmm. is possible. But then. Are, are there players like that in the market? In the market? I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what you. Are, are there players like that, you know, in teams presently that have that, those qualities of being a register and a traditional defensive midfielder at the same time? Um, you might have to make an example because I'm not really thinking of a name. Okay, like, like um, name is not Aurelien Chomeni, is it? Is it? Chomeni. Chomeni is good on the ball, but not as good as the standards of a register. Of a register. Yeah, because he at Monaco. Sorry? Monaco, Monaco yeah, yeah. Yes. He has this guy, what's his name? I can't, his name is not coming to mind in the game. Just go on. Because they play with the pivots. Yeah. And do. he has he relies a lot on on the pivots system. Play, yeah, yeah, yeah. Building of the player and he's the one the ball carrying player. Mm. All all Tramini has to do is just break up plays. 
defender is is that is a bit good on the ball, but then the standards of a register doesn't so which, which current so player would you say has the um characteristics of a defensive midfielder on the register presently in this modern game that is still play is that is still playing? Come on, don't do that. Mato Mini. You should you should not even be a professional footballer. Come on. If, if I did not if I did not say this, I did not say this. Let this be a record that I did not say this. If I said Scott McTominay shouldn't be a professional footballer. So if you don't think there's any player right now who has the qualities of a disruptive means. Now I can actually think of one, but then it's going to take very much time. Oh let me let me Talk about Etienne Alvarez as mm. Ajax mm. is wow. is a kind of yeah. that has the qualities of qualities a of a disruptive defensive midfielder. Etienne Alvarez is is the only name that comes to mind currently. But then I'm going to take if I have the time to think of it, the name that going to come to mind. But then I'm going to take forever on the show to think so quickly, of Um, do you think a, a system should have um a register alone or? A disruptive midfielder and a register, or someone who has both of these qualities in one. Which do you think is better? A play, a team can have a player with both qualities, but then you can also have a midfielder, a box-to-box central midfielder who has the ability mm. to disrupt play, to carry the ball. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What, you can, what do you think of Ruben Neves in this regard? Ruben Neves is more like a defensive, like. A deep line clinical. Hmm. Yeah, it's more like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can compare it to less of, of a disruptive, you know, yeah. defensive medium. Reading the game, being in the right so position. So which which do you think is better to have someone who has all these qualities, or you know, two players with different qualities? It depends on the system you are playing in. You can have a player that okay. has the old attributes, yeah. and you can also the have two players. Yeah, yeah, that has the old package, and mm. you can also have a player that. Uh, sorry, a system where two players like a pivot when one is the progressive mm. player, like when mm. making progressive mm. plays, disrupting mm. player, mm. and then there's a defensive midfielder mm. sitting, breaking up plays, defending, being the bridge between the defense and attack. Mm. You can, yeah, it depends on the system the team is playing. It's, it's, it's been a wonderful new segment and a wonderful new and a wonderful show this week entirely. If you enjoyed every bit of it. And we're supposed to have a special guest on the program today, but sadly she couldn't make it and I'm sure she'll be here next week. Um, we are going to place a trivia on the program this week and the question will be who scored the 250th goal in the English Premier League? Answer this question, tweet us, hashtag the bounce spot, tweet us at the bounce spot and stand the chance to win, you know, a prize on the program. Maybe you'll be one of you'll be the first person or one of the first people to win something on the program. So who was the first who was the person that scored the two hundred and fiftieth goal in the English Premier League? Um tweet to us at the bounce spot using hashtag the bounce spot and would give the prize to you know someone who answers the question and at the right time. Thank you very much. It was a wonderful show today. If anything you want to tell the people before we go. Okay. I hope you guys just listen to the podcast, interact with us using the bounce pod hashtag. hashtag. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we are not going to tell them with the goatees. The goat. <laughs> My goat is. Where Rooney is your goat. Yeah, right? no, you know, you know me too well. <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't mess with this. So you're going to tell them that Ronaldo is a goat. 
know what I'm going to say that. After, you know, you know after, who, you know after, my go to After scoring Lionel Messi's league goal tally in just one game. Yeah, yeah it, can, it can be considered a goat in the game, but then my my personal goat is Win McFerrin. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see the other side. Thank you very much, guys, for listening to this episode of The Basketball. It was really a fun time on the program. I enjoyed myself, and I hope you did as well. Um, follow us, follow us at the Bounce Spot on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook as well. And be sure to have a lovely week. Thank you very much. My name is Alfred Kolajo. Bye bye.